0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to The Zeitgeist, the show where we highlight the founders, developers, and designers who are pushing the Web3 space forward. I'm Brian Friel, developer relations at Phantom, and I'm thrilled to announce my guest, Brian Wyatt, the CEO of Polygon Studios. Polygon is a platform for scaling and building decentralized blockchain apps on Ethereum. Polygon Studios specifically is the business team working to help advance the Polygon ecosystem across its various products. Brian, welcome to the show. Dude, you got a perfect podcast voice, let me tell you, man. Thank you. It's a good thing no one can see my face. It's a voice for podcasting, but we'll keep it at that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Hey, we're really excited. You know, by the time that this episode's live, the announcement will be out that Phantom and Polygon are joining forces and uh, bringing the Phantom experience to uh, the EVM ecosystem. We couldn't be more thrilled to be working with you guys.
1: Yeah, we're super excited. Uh, long time coming. Glad, you know, the day has finally arrived. We can share it with everybody. You can't see it, but I'm wearing my Phantom shirt, so I'm fully celebrating the moment. I love it. And we definitely got some more of those Phantom shirts in stock.
0: We can be giving it out to all the Polygon community.
1: That's right, man.
0: Getting the merch going. Send them my way. Hey, well, you know, you have a really interesting background. I really want to dig into that before we get started on everything that's in, you know, what we can be teaming up together across Polygon and Phantom. But for the uninitiated, can you tell us a little bit about, about yourself and how you became to be working at Polygon?
1: Yeah. You know, so my whole background was really in the creator economy all the way back to my days in college. So I played games competitively. I commentated tournaments for Major League Gaming. I ran the online tournament infrastructure for Major League Gaming, you know, 2008, 2009. Ultimately went to Machinima, which was a really early gaming company on YouTube, and then went to YouTube to start the gaming vertical where I was the head of gaming for almost eight years at YouTube. And gaming is the second largest vertical for YouTube. You know, it's got 350 million logged in users. It generates billions of dollars for the platform. So a really fun time that I had of 12, 13, 14 years in the creator economy. Last year in 2021, I really started getting into angel investing of Web3 projects. And the way that I actually got connected into Web3 projects was just really like... Game developers that I really believed in that had a high degree of talent that were going over and they were, you know, making, at the time, calling blockchain-based games. And I just became very enamored and fascinated with the concept of what can you do when you really own your digital items and how big of a business that's becoming. And so, as I spent more time, you know, in that space while still at YouTube, I got really excited about what can I do to jump in full-time. And I came to Polygon and I thought, you know, I really like Polygon for a couple key reasons. First and foremost, I was already sold on Ethereum where that was going to be a base layer for developers and users. And not to say that like other alt-ones don't have a place in the world. It just, you know, Ethereum had kind of already checked that box that they've been able to gravitate a lot of users and developers. And clearly there was this conundrum that existed at Ethereum of like the inability to let it scale. And so I started focusing on protocols and and companies that were really, you know, looking at this idea of how do you scale Ethereum and, and landed on Polygon because I had liked their ZK tech acquisitions that they had done. You know, they spent about a billion dollars acquiring three different ZK companies. I looked at that as like, okay, that's a real scaling L2 future for this platform. And I thought I could come in, given that I worked at a platform like YouTube, saw a lot of verticals, saw what it's like to scale a company and uh, knew Web3 and Web2 really well, I thought I was in a unique position to kind of come into the, the company and help out. And so... I joined Polygon Studios in January of this year. I lead our whole business team. So if you can think of Polygon as there's a product and engineering team that's focusing on ID and our different ZK solutions, our POS chain, Avail, our Supernets, right? A lot of work going into our product efforts across the board over there. Everything else kind of sits under my camp of, you know, everything from, you know, BD to partnerships to marketing, finance, legal, compliance, a lot of these different other business areas. And so it's been an awesome opportunity. I've really enjoyed being here. And, you know, Polygon had such a tremendous year. It's been fun to be on the ride. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Polygon is a bit of a meme that you guys have the most legendary BD team in the Web3 space. I
1: love that meme too. I won't lie to you.
0: Yeah, I want to get into all that and what you guys have cooking over at Polygon. But just to quickly go back a little bit on your background, you know, you mentioned you were the head of gaming at YouTube, and that's at a time when it really wasn't popular opinion that it would be, you know, a popular thing to watch people play video games on the internet. I think you were very early to that movement. And now you see that movement potentially heading to the blockchain space. You know, you mentioned that your interest in Polygon really peaked from seeing game developers move over for you. What was the aha moment for you that made you leave a job like YouTube to come into the Web3 space?
1: Yeah, no, I love the question. You know, I think the funny thing, too, is so taking a step back at the first part of like, hey, you know, you you got involved before the creator economy was even a thing. Right. And the reason I got involved was I really just uh, I was such a gamer and like it was fun to watch gaming highlights and clips from other cool moments in games. And what got me into it was simply, I think there's other people like me that might enjoy this, you know, other gamers that are like watching these videos and stuff. And so it started just with something as innocent and simple as that and kind of kept building off of it of, okay, how do you introduce this to more people? You know, what barriers do you break down in order to get it into more people's hands and so forth? And so some of it you control, some of you don't. So a good example was, you know, really where you started to see scaling of more gaming videos being uploaded was when the Dazzle capture card came out. It was like a $50 or $60 capture card, you plugged it into your Xbox or PlayStation, very simply captured to a hard drive. You had this raw footage output that you could just clip up and then upload, right? Then also software got better with, you know, Final Cut and Premiere and all these different things. And so you started to see a lot of these things happen that other companies were contributing to. And really what you don't ever like sit there. And at the time, I, I was never like, oh, some of the biggest celebrities in the world one day are going to be people that upload videos on YouTube. Like, you don't start with such an insane, you know, point of view, right? Like, that. That I wouldn't have believed it at the time. You didn't need to sell this huge idea. And you just believe, like, hey, there's people that are interested in it, and this is going to keep getting bigger as more people progress. I say all of that because clearly the outcome was, again, 350 million logged in people watch gaming video on YouTube every day. Some of the biggest celebrities in the world now come from YouTube. You know, Mr. Beast was like uploading gaming videos, stream, all these different people, right? And so I saw a bunch of similarities in Web3, right? I love this idea of decentralization. I really did believe that like, hey, there is a power dynamic that negatively impacts users. You see it in gaming, right? A lot of this anchored around gaming. And that as people are spending more money on digital goods, there's going to be this desire and push for more genuine ownership over it. So I started to see something where I was like, hey, this is interesting to me and I think it will be interesting to other people. And now I also saw a lot of capital in the space. And by that, I mean, there are so many different people focusing on so many different problems, you know, like Phantom with the wallet, us with the protocol, you know, Magic Eden, who we just partnered with on the marketplace. You all these like great, talented people contributing their part in advancing the overall ecosystem. And so I had this perspective of, well, the creator economy took about 15, 16 years to really like hit its stride in a meaningful way. I'm like, I think the you know, Web3, if you think about where we're at, can really cut that timeline in half. Because of the type of people, the capital and resources that are in the space. And I felt that there was already a really good, you know, product market fit as far as people wanting this. And so for me, it actually was a really easy jump. Like I had no issue leaving. I had an awesome, I loved my job at YouTube. Like running gaming at YouTube was so, so fun. Great people, love Susan, our CEO, really enjoyed who I worked with. But even saying all that, it was actually really easy to come make the jump here because I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. Over the next decade, there's going to be so many different learning opportunities, things to build. There's this like blank canvas of creativity. And yeah, it's littered with a bunch of issues. That was no different than, you know, YouTube in these early days with people uploading, you know, porn or like videos that they, you know, are copyright or music. Like you're dealing with a bunch of abuse vectors in crypto right now. We're seeing it play out. But that's okay. Like it's it's a lot of what you expect in first movers and early adopters of a of a new product, and so I'm really optimistic about kind of how this stuff shakes out and you know what the future looks like and how you know even on a personal level I can contribute to shaping that in some way.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. There's nothing quite like working on the frontier of tech like this. It's really exciting.
1: Yeah, with frontier indeed it is. Yes, if we're reminded of that every uh, two months at this rate.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So let's turn a little bit to Polygon specifically. And you mentioned that you just jumped in with two feet into this space. What is it about Polygon that piqued your interest? And why do you think it's particularly well suited for this movement into Web3 gaming?
1: So one, you know, going back to kind of that Ethereum, I was betting on Ethereum. So I was like, I want to be associated with a protocol that's focused on scaling Ethereum and so there's like some great companies like immutables out there and so forth like i just really liked polygon because i love the founders so got to spend some time with sandeep i mean these guys have like the heart and spirit jd mihailo anurag it's really like inspirational i kind of like an underdog story too and you know if you think about even like where youtube was relative to twitch and some of these other things in the gaming category you know, we had to overcome some of these battles kind of to stay being the largest video platform, right? Facebook, Mixer with Microsoft. its just like fun to kind of compete. And so I just really like the heart that they had of, one, they were really well-intended about how much they believed in the future of decentralization and Polygon's role in it. And two, that passion. Like you just... You can't recreate that stuff. And so I just very easily gravitated towards them. I also, you know, again, well-capitalized. The product and engineering team, brilliant people on the ZK side. Like, we have some of the best engineers, mathematicians, PhDs, when it relates to cryptography and ZK work in the world on Polygon. So, like... It kind of was like, it shot up. I don't think we're an underdog anymore. Obviously, I think we've arrived, right? We have all this great talent across the organization. We've got a really clear vision of what we think it's going to look like. And so it's just fun. It's just fun to be on a team. Like when you work with people that are really talented, you know this. It makes you want to work harder. It makes you get excited to get up every day to kind of work. And so we've just got one of those teams and organizations and
0: I love it. That's awesome. So you have a great team that you guys have here at Polygon. You know, we mentioned a little bit earlier that you guys are the legendary DD team in the Web3 space. Let's talk a little bit about some of those partnerships
1: that you guys have landed recently. What partnerships are you particularly excited about? Well, I mean, honestly, selfishly, I, the Magic Eden and Phantom partnerships is pretty fun, right? Like seeing these great, you know, a great marketplace, a great wallet go multi-chain is so good for the space, right? I think multi chains like is a good thing for the space. Oftentimes, too, I say, it's just like we're so small and so early to be super competitive. And so I think multi-chain is just a great way for all companies to kind of look, even even games and things that are building on Polygon. So that's been really fun. You know, we've also had a lot on the gaming side this past year. You know, we partnered with Tilting Point. We partnered with Midnight Society, which is Dr. Disrespect's game. I mean, obviously, we had a just a heyday on the enterprise side. Um, you know, we had... Nike and Starbucks and Reddit and Meta. I mean, like, honestly, that list gets crazy, right? We're super proud of all the team's work there. DeFi, we had a really fun year, too. Like, I really feel good about what we've done with DeFi. You know, Robinhood was a really exciting announcement. So there's just been great momentum. The team's really, you know, it's a mix of kind of Web2 background, you know, folks from big tech with Web3 native, you know, gurus. And they just really work well as far as, like, learning from each other. It doesn't come without its hiccups, but, you know, it really has been a great collaborative effort. So we've just had a lot of fun partnerships this year. It's great to be able to announce, you know, Phantom as we come to the end, too, as well. Like, I think that's going to be exciting as we go into the new year with, especially with all the projects we announced and so many of them we haven't even launched yet, right? You know, if you think about, like, Starbucks and some of these other ones, we haven't even debuted them yet. So 23 is going to be a fun year. I'm, like, really excited. I I know people right now are, like, pessimistic bears because that's the season, you know, when the highs are high, they're really high, and the lows, they're really low. I'm kind of like pretty excited going into 2023 with all this momentum we have. Then our ZK Tech coming out, we're going to be able to do a bunch more in the DeFi space with kind of our ZK Tech as well. Vibes are high on my end, my man.
0: I love it. That's great. You mentioned a ton there, you know, that hits across a bunch of different sectors. When you talk to these teams, especially I'm curious the ones who maybe aren't as Web3 native, Are there any commonalities between all them about what they're particularly excited about or maybe some specific areas that they think are like most fruitful for growth in the
1: Web3 space? Yeah, it varies so much from each one, right? Like think about like a Magic Eden or Phantom opportunity versus a Starbucks versus Meta, right? I do think a lot of folks are really interested in these ideas of these decentralized, let's say, peer-to-peer networks, if you will, right? In layman's kind of Web2 terms and kind of what you can do with it. So yeah, I think from that perspective, there's a lot of intrigue and appetite in space. I would say it's not like necessarily a growth, you know, vector for them. I think it's a lot of it is, hey, this is really interesting new tech. What can we do? How do we participate in it? How do we learn in it? How do we trial? How do we try projects in it? And then there's varying degrees, right? I mean, if you look at like Instagram, they went really in, right? You'd mint on Polygon, you can sell directly from Instagram as they build on that. That's a really just valuable tool from a creator product feature set. And people don't really need to worry about the Polygon aspect. I mean, it's fun during the space, you know, Polygon. But at the end of the day, it's like it's a great product feature. They unlocked via Polygon, Reddit and what they're doing with Starbucks Odyssey. And basically, they're going to allow this rewards program to be on chain. And the NFT part will be really passive, as it should be with users that are going to use it. Same with Reddit you know, it was digital collectibles. So I just think you're really hitting a stride in how people are figuring it out. And there's going to be learning and iterative work here for all of them. But yeah, I think everybody's looking for something different when they come to the table. And I feel like what we have that's pretty unique is a bunch of people that can look at all these different perspectives from institution to finance to big tech to, you know, DeFi to like Being like a, you know, NFT degen trader, right? Like all these different users that matter in our communities that matter. We've got like good representation of it internally.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And it's great to see so much enthusiasm from these orgs actually, you know, putting their money where their mouth is and learning by doing and shipping and iterating, doing all that. It's, It's a really cool time to see. Just a couple of years ago, that would have been basically unheard of in the crypto space. So. It's really awesome to see that changing.
1: Yeah, it's fun that crypto's like like, look, dude, I would never call myself a crypto native, right? Like I didn't read like a Bitcoin white paper and like it changed my life back in the day, you know? Yeah. So you are seeing this new wave of people. Like this is good for the space, right? Like people that come in totally. that got really interested in some of the ethos of Web3 that is entering the space. And so this is why I feel good about kind of these cycles that we'll have of people coming in. And, you know, it will be an ebb and flow. We'll have these big breakthroughs. We'll have moments like we've been going through the past couple of months on pulling back. And that's a natural part of the course that we're on. And I I think what you continue to see with each stride will be, you know, more talent, more innovation, more use cases, more people each time.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And each new wave of users has their own perspective. As you said, it's no longer the hardcore cyberpunks and Crypto Maxis coming in. Yeah. And that's how the space grows. It's really exciting to see.
1: Yeah.
0: Totally. I want to bring it back just a little bit to gaming in particular, too. Given your background, everything we talked about, how excited you were moving into the Web3 space from head of gaming at YouTube, talk a little bit about how you see the state of gaming, Web3 gaming today, and how that might change in the coming years.
1: So if you think about like Web3, the first version of it was... They were rudimentary, Ponzi-esque type games. Some games, I don't think, operated with malice. I think some did, right? No doubt. I think, like, you know, that it was a great learning experience of what can you do with all these different things. You like, you have a token, you've got decentralization, you've got ownership, you're trying to balance game mechanics. Like, you're just doing a lot. Making a game is really difficult. You start adding all these different elements, it becomes very complex. So, I'm pretty empathetic to, like, let's call it, generation one of web three games none of them which would be anything that i'd be interested in playing i think like axie even playing that you know was like okay at least it's like there's something here but these are all kind of base level games right a lot of great talent though coming from that space as far as you know generation one web three games as far as learning and iterating and that's not super uncommon like if you look at some of the Early, you know, gotcha games and what mobile first offered up and some of the pay games that mobile had were pretty atrocious as well. And so mobile went through a very kind of similar era of, you know, how do you iterate on these things? How do you improve? And so Web3 games now, it's like you're starting to see some really good ones. One, it's like if you think about really great games, take years to make so you could have been last year been like, I'm going to make a Web3 game and I have like this really good studio and I've got a great background and you're not seeing that game next year. You're seeing it like 2024. So it's going to take a while. Right. And, I, I, you know, it's not going to happen fast in gaming. You're going to keep seeing new things come out in Web3 gaming that will continue to pique people's interest And be like, okay, that's cool. Or like, oh, what they just did with memberships and NFT, that's cool. Or what they just did with governance, that's cool. And like games are just going to keep getting better and better and better, right? You know, it'll be beyond just digital marketplaces and things that you own items in and all of that, right? So anyway, I say all that is I think really the reality of where games are, where you start to see mass adoption of Web3 games is years away. I think I feel very confident Web3 gaming will be a pretty sizable subsection of games revenue in 2026, 27. And then you'll just keep seeing it go up and to the right over time as far as users, revenue, how many wallets, all of this, you know? So, yeah, I'm excited. I say it in a little more tempered way because it's more of a long term bet. We've been placing a lot of them now, though you got to place those bets now. Those trees take a long time to grow. They're really impactful when they do, but you have to plant these seeds now. So we spent a lot of time this past year investing in, in different gaming projects out of our ecosystem fund, partnering with really large game developers, some of which we haven't even announced yet. Um, so yeah, it, we got some cool stuff that's coming up, and I definitely think things that's going to show what like Gen 2 of gaming in Web3 looks like. Again, I think where you see a meaningful breakthrough is more likely in... This Gen Three era in you know four years or so.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, it takes it takes a lot of cycles to to make something that's kind of a generational game like that. Yeah. You know, you mentioned some of these early investments playing the seeds on this. You know, if you had a crystal ball and you looked out, do you see that most of the games people are playing three, five years out from now are these being made from the existing AAA game studios that are coming in the Web Three? Is it these Web One? game developers who are more crypto-native, iterating and finding something special? Is it some sort of blend between the two of them? What do you think there?
1: It's probably a blend. I actually think of more of it a regional thing. Like, I think APAC game developers, largely in APAC, will be the ones, Web3 native or Web2, will be the ones that really do really interesting things in Web3 gaming That will then spew towards the West. And so I think of it more as like a geo-specific thing than anything else. I do think you will have a massive Web 3 game hit, like the equivalent of Minecraft. The thing about Web 2 gaming is like it wouldn't be incredibly difficult to pivot when they need to, right? And then when they do pivot, they would be very successful, right? So like if you could imagine a world like just take any AAA game that is, you know, a platform, a Valorant, a Call of Duty, any of these different ones, right, that are allowing people to buy cosmetics and skins and people are spending boatloads of money doing that, they could very easily start to think about how do you flip on something where there's governance, how do you, you know, true ownership, scarcity of items, and even just put membership passes, stuff like that, where they could play in a very, like, a very low-level way of playing in Web3 versus there's going to be other games where, People are going to go off and create all kind of different like mods and versions of it and communities around it. And it could start from it being a like a PFP NFT project that evolves like a Bored Apes-esque kind of path. And so I think it's going to show itself in a lot of different ways. But generally speaking, if I had to make a bet, I would say game developers, largely in Asia, will set the tone for how Web3 gaming will look in, you know, a couple of years.
0: That's pretty exciting. I'm very interested to see what comes out of that region. And just to bring it back, you know, one thing that I selfishly here at Phantom we curious about is how do you see the role of wallets evolving in this space? You know, wallets right now touch a lot of different aspects of Web3. I think the gaming space is relatively unexplored right now. You know, is there anything in your mind that you're particularly excited to see about from wallets and from Phantom in particular as it relates to this?
1: you know, the user journeys are tough on wallets. Like wallets bear the brunt of it, right? When you think about bridging and making NFTs a-, a really accessible and displayable, like all in a wallet, right? You know, you have all these on-ramps it's just like very digestible. It's clean. Maybe you start to have like specific vertical, specific features across DeFi or gaming or music as you own these things. Like wallets can then go vertically deep, I think, which would be really interesting. But right now, so many of them are just dealing with this like onboarding issue, right? You know, it's it's complicated, right? It really is. Like it's not easy to kind of set these things up for a lot of folks. So as wallets can go deep and then be really seamlessly integrated into all these like different consumer experiences, which it's like well on its way. That is already salary timeline you guys have done great work there this is what i would like to see for wallets like i want it to be you know my mom can set up a wallet and use it really easily and be like oh yeah i mean like here's how i add money to it here's how i buy an item here's where i can look at it in my inventory here's how i easily send it to brian that's like when we get there and i think that's you know everyone's north star and so who's gonna do it the best and who's gonna do it fastest you know i think is what we're going to find out. But, you know, look at you guys have hit a really great narrative in the Solana ecosystem of having this very clean, simple, easy to use wallet. And so, you you know, you've got a huge leg up already on that because that's what people are looking for and what is needed first.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. We always saw that this was one of the bottlenecks in the space of getting things, you know, easier, getting it so easy a kindergartner could use it, so... We're really excited to bring that to Polygon as well.
1: I love working with you guys because like that's good for us, right? We want to make it easy to come on a polygon and use all these things, right? And you know, you have no problem immediately setting up. And as we continue to onboard big games and different enterprise companies and so forth, like this is going to be really important to do. So that's why I think it'll be awesome.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, Ryan, this has been an awesome discussion. You know, one closing question we always ask all our guests, and I want to hear your take on this is who is a builder that you admire in the Web3 ecosystem?
1: Man, I've plugged so many of them here. This is like a tough one. Gosh, I'd say like right now, I think I'm going to go back to Midnight Society. It's a little bit of like a curveball, but the reason why is that team has a bunch of ex-Gears like of War, Call of Duty developers that are really from like prestigious game development. And they've been like a builder that's focusing on how they introduce Web3 to the masses, which I think is like, you know, obviously I'm personally fascinated by that. And like the way that they've done kind of the membership pass and so forth with NFTs, all these like anti NFT, like, oh, hit NFTs, blah, 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 you know, like gaming communities really served it up in a way for them to think about it differently, right? So I like read it too, but sticking to this. And I think, as we just kind of touched on how we see gaming start to evolve. I look at them as going to be someone that's going to crack. Like kind of what Reddit started to do with the idea of owning kind of like a PFP NFT, right? They're going to start doing this with gaming, with general gamers, right? That don't really care about this crypto NFT blockchain, you know, decentralization bit, right? Like it's just they're not interested in that. But they'll be interested in this concept of like having genuine ownership of items and memberships and so forth. And they're going to get introduced to it in a way that is different from an NFT perspective than they ever have. And so I like them as a builder, because they're web three builders, but they're targeting like the crypto naive in a way that's really interesting. But honestly, dude, it's an impossible question. There's so many badasses working in this space right now. Like this is why it's fun to be in it. So yeah, you know, you guys and some others fall into that category for sure.
0: Yeah, no, it's a bit of a selfish question, too, so that we can get more our next guests lined up for the podcast. I think Midnight Society would be a great guest there.
1: We gotta get them up, man. That's I think there it is. Yeah. I think they're a really, really fascinating group to talk to and dive in about gaming.
0: Awesome. And I know there's no shortage of people we could all list on this, but that's great to hear. Yeah. Well Ryan, this has been an awesome conversation. Really appreciate your time. Super excited to see what we can do together to push Web3 forward. Where can people go to learn more about
1: Polygon? Yeah, I mean just Polygon.technology, right? We've like honestly, that's probably the best. right? It's where our blog posts are and all of our updates. You can follow then all of our socials that you're interested in. If you want to go deeper on our like tech stack, whether you're a developer or you're just interested, right? We have all of the engineering and technical documents that you would want to be to look into as well as like social and what we've been up to, partner announcements. So I'd head there for all things polygon.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Ryan White. Take care, man. Thanks for having me, Brian.